about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Three and a half minutes remain at St Mary's Ruben Neves with the ball, lifting it, falls towards Sarabia, and it away by Bednarek. Sarabia's not giving it up, and he drops it to Jacques Gomez, up towards the edge of the box. Gomez trying to shoot, comes back to him. Gomez! Oh, Jacques Gomez! Oh, Jacques Gomez! It's incredible! It's sensational! What a debut! All the work that went into getting him here, it was all worthwhile! Jacques Gomez scores! and sends thousands in that St Mary's away end into absolute raptures. Would you believe it? A script that could barely have been thought of in a Hollywood scriptwriting meeting. It's incredible. Oh, I'll tell you what, he's had two bites at the cherry, hasn't he? It's come to him, but it's great play from him. He's had his initial shot, just bounced back to him, and he's got the composure to finish it off. Oh, what a finish. What a finish from him. Free Jao Gomez. He has been freed and unleashed on the south coast and has devastated the home crowd. Welcome to episode 281. That's 281. It's the ENS Wolves podcast i am your host nathan judah those were of course the dulcet tones of mr mikey burrows and mr andy thompson that was a little bit special it was one of those i was there moments can't wait to break it down it feels like it's been ages welcome mr liam bloody keen how's it going son yeah one of those i was there moments for someone who wasn't there um it's but look, I, could, I could listen to that that audio i could watch the replays all day and all night long um i i, I was lucky enough to watch the the second half and see you it didn't, happen you didn't miss time. much mate you didn't miss much you didn't miss much on saturday to be fair yeah well i mean I, i'm paying for it now i mean I, I i hopefully it doesn't come across too much in the uh in the potty but i'm a little bit hoarse um coming down with a little bit of a of a, of a bug um, but you know that, that's that's the punishment for missing Joao Gomez's debut uh, match-winning goal. To be fair to you, Liam, um, we've been we've been doing this now. We've been on the go really since end of June, beginning of July, with with um, pre-season and, and two lots of European Europe Europe trips and back and forth. So to be, you, you've done pretty well to not miss a game until now. I think so. So fair play. It just happened to be. Um, a, bit, a bit of a crazy one, but look, we, we, all, we all love you and we, we all miss you and we're all looking, looking forward to seeing you again on Saturday. The only reason you're being nice is because Saturday's your last game of the season. You're missing the rest of the season. You're off. I'm missing, I'm missing the rest of the season. I've, I've transferred, <laughs> to, transferred to West Brom, mate, to, to go and watch them. Oh, um, that's not, that is punishment indeed. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, look, um, first of all, again... I know, I know I tweeted earlier on, but 13,000 of you crazy people listened last week. Don't know what's going on. Don't know what's going on at the moment, Liam, but but the peeps are listening in their droves. So we appreciate them. And so many questions as well, which are coming <coughs> with us. So we're going to get to as many as we can later on. But um, it's it's fun. Um, it's been a great week. I'm still on a high. I know you are, Liam. Uh, and the most important question of all that everybody wants to know is, how was your Valentine's Day? <laughs> it was very nice. It was very nice. Um, 
me and Rosie went out into into Warwick, had a couple drinks at, um, at a nice pub. Nice. We we did get we did end up catching them on quiz night, which was a little bit awkward because we didn't Ooh. have enough time to take part. Other people also had the same idea and they were leaving for food. So there was only like a handful of people doing this quiz and, and we were oh. there for like the first round or two and it was a little oh, bit Oh, you can't awkward. beat quiz night on Valentine's, mate, in a pub. Oh, well, sounds, uh, yeah. It sounds incredible. It, it, was, it, it was a little bit sad, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I mean, we, we enjoy, it's a nice pub. We enjoyed it while we were there, but we wanted to like, you know, get away for our food. Um, we went to a lovely Spanish place in, um, nice. in Warwick. Lovely. A li- little, little bit different. They have like... Um, they change the menu every month, and you and you got unless, a set menu on Valentine's, yeah. Well, and this is this is what they, this, regardless of Valentine's, this is what this place does every single mm. day. It's a set menu which they have, and they change it once a month. And unless you've got allergies or you know preferences for any reason, dietary requirements, they they just give you whatever they've got on the menu that day. You don't even know what it is. So you just turn up and just and it was really nice. I mean, we had like fish, we had pork, oh. we had oh. uh, like a. Uh, Chorizo and salami, all this kind of—it was yeah, delicious. Any yeah. aphrodisiacs in there for Valentine's, mate? I, I, I it, myself, I'm an aphrodisiac. It doesn't—I don't—I don't need uh, any added, <laughs> any, any added extras, mate. Any, uh, any bow checka wow wow on the uh, on the evening, <laughs> mate? That is unbelievable. Um, no, no, you know, get, getting on these days, I'm afraid. It's just oh, straight, mate, straight listen, to bed, nine p.m. You're not, you're not, you're not engaged. You're not even married yet, mate. When you get to my age and you share the share your bed with two dogs, you've got no chance. There's no there's no need to talk to about a lot like that. So <laughs> like um, that, is, that is unbelievable from you. I'll be, <laughs> like to, I'll be, I'll I'll be telling two. you about that. I'll take two. Let's like, I feel like David Hay. Uh, cl- <laughs> clarify two Pomeranians. Two Pomeranians. Unbelievable. Goodness me. Um, yeah, well, very nice for mine actually. Um, although it was in the doghouse earlier on, um, went to went to Tamworth ski slopes as uh, going going to do a little bit of skiing soon, which should be nice. So we've got a little practice, try and get the muscle, the fast twitch muscles back. Um, but it was early start. We went there like eight forty five, eight thirty in the morning. So didn't have a chance to get my card and everything. It was all done. It was all bought and flowers. But Alana thought I'd forgotten. She gives me a card in the morning and a couple of little prezzies, and she's like, "Have you got, you know, have you got me anything?" So I'm like, "Well, we're going skiing, aren't we?" You know, she's like, "All right, okay." The frostiest car journey I've ever had in my life. <laughs> she was like, have you, "Don't." She was like, "By the end of it," I was like, "You're quiet." She's like, "Just don't get me a car today, and don't get me flowers because they're, they're like too expensive. Don't, but don't go to the shops later on. It's fine. It's fine." When they say it's fine, it's, it's not obviously fine. not fine. No chance. Comes back. There's 24 red roses on the porch. I've got some champagne. I've got some some little candles. Oh, you remembered? I'm like, of course I remembered, because it's not worth my life at all if I hadn't. So, um, yeah, she's happy puppy, so that was okay, mate. Um, went, uh, I've got some Beyonce tickets. Well, actually, nice. I've, got an, I've got an offer for you, actually, if you fancy it. Oh, um, so I got, I got Beyonce tickets for a world tour, which is actually... I think we're at Arsenal, the last game of the season, and then I got them for the Tuesday night, the Tuesday afterwards, so it works out perfectly in London already. But I went online and got them on night one, which is the the Monday night afterwards, and then Spurs rang me um, and said, look, we've got VIP tickets if you want to have them, like in one of the boxes, watch the, watch the show. Would you like them? I'm like, oh, I've already got these, but I got them anyway because I thought, well, I'll try and flog the other tickets. But I think I'm just going to sell them at cost price, Kino. So if you're interested, they're like six rows from the front, amazing seats. If you're interested, then let me know. What do you what? reckon? Just just have to take out a mortgage to get them. 
I'll sell them to you at face value. <laughs> that is kind of you. Um, the only uh, is that the thirtieth, the Tuesday. Is that what, is that what you're talking about? We're going on the the thirtieth, and these tickets that I'm trying to flog. If anyone else is interested, please let me know. DM me um, on the 29th of Monday. Ah, interesting. Well, Rosie's got tickets to go with her sisters on the Tuesday. So ah, okay. The only reason I would buy them would, would be to take her. So I'm not sure it's 100% going to be for me. But I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll discuss with the powers that be. And of course that means the other half. <laughs> mate, it's, it's an absolute her, bargain. 700, 700 quid a ticket, mate. Get yourself involved. Yeah, so anyone interested in those tickets, get in touch. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they're like right at the front. They're like right at the front. So I'm sure they'll be able to flog them. Someone might be interested. No, someone might be interested. Mate, you'll 100% might. be able to sell them because loads of people don't I, get I tickets. know, I know. Yeah, definitely. I know. I thought about selling them at inflated fee, but if any Wolves fans want them at the face value, I don't care. I'll give them to them. You know, I'll tell you what, I'd be the doing, mate. I'd be, hmm? I'd be times two, times three. No, I know you on. would. I know you would, exactly. 100%. Uh, nice little Indian meal on the night. It was lovely. Although... You know, at the same time, it was, um, you know, when you're across from someone, but you, you keep thinking about someone else. Um, <laughs> and you're like, you're nice. And you might have mentioned them before. And you like think, oh, have I, have I called you the wrong name? And I didn't. So that was okay. And then she goes to the bathroom. And so you get through your phone. And you start flicking through, you know, some pictures and stuff, just thinking about other person. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was um, it was just nice to see Zhao Gomez on my phone, and um, you know, and those pictures of the celebrated pictures. I can't get him off my head, mate. I can't get him out of my head. He was my Valentine. He was the person I wanted to spend it with. It was incredible. Southampton one, Wolves two. Wow, 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 wow. Um, insane game, Liam. And it's got it's got it had everything for me: the good, the bad, the ugly, the significance of the win. Around the circumstances surrounding the win, I've got to say, and I, honestly, I'm not rubbing it in. I'm not rubbing it in because you know, you'll be back for great games and stuff like that. I think just <laughs> through different, the different emotions in that game and everything that went on in and around the game, that could be in my top five games of all time covering Wolves because it was mental. It this was absolutely. No it was absolutely mental. Um, Let's let's go to the the bad and the ugly first, and that's Jared Gillette, <laughs> the referee. I mean, have you ever? I mean, when we got that explanation at halftime of running aggressively towards the referee, it was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen on the pitch. And I tell you why. He knows he messed up. I was going to say something else there, but I didn't. <laughs> Seven bookings, including the sending off in the first half. He set a ridiculous precedent. A ridiculous precedent. Even Semedo's booking or Lamina's first one, it's probably a warning. It's not, you know, it's a little bit late, but it's like careful next time that's a booking. You could argue you could honestly argue that every single booking, bar maybe Ward Prouse's, um, could have been just a warning. And the fact that he'd done that and then came back out for the second half, which was by the way, the first half was not dirty in the slightest. There were tackles flying all over in the second half and did not book one person in the second half. Just shows what a pig's ear he made of that game. And to book Lamina, that second booking, is one of the most astonishing decisions I think I've seen on the field of play. And what disgusts me, even though it did get talked about much of the day, saying it was a disgraceful decision and a couple of others, is... No one's bothered about Wolves because all it was 
was was Arteta getting done or the VAR decision at Brentford? There were a couple of other calls. And that's what everybody was talking about. And it just shows the bias towards the bigger clubs that these were huge, huge deals. But if it doesn't concern us and you're bottom of the table or, or you know, you're, you're meandering around 16th, 17th, 18th, well, we're not going to talk about you too much. And those are the actual cases that should be identified because on another day, that's, that, could, that could cost Wolves or, or Southampton a place in the Premier League next season. These, these are the ones that really matter. So it's... It's amazing when something doesn't go against a big club, but this huge hullabaloo's made of it. And um, and it was just kind of moved on, really, at Wolves. And uh, pretty pathetic, especially when you look at, at Man City the other night and the play surrounding the referee. It was just a bizarre take and, and, and a pretty pitiful performance from the referee. Well, that's why we're here, aren't we? Mm. We're, here, we're here to talk about Wolves, talk about the reasons that, and, and all the decisions that matter. Um, and, and, you know, as I say, I, I don't even saw the second half because uh, I was out the, in, during the first half, but... All the tweets coming through, notifications on my phone. I could see you tweeting about it. Our Wolves reporting colleagues, everyone saying the same thing. Referees losing control. He's all over the place. And what the sad thing is, is that, well, first of all, I knew what was going to come once I'd watched, gone back and watched what happened anyway. I knew that what you guys were all saying was going to be accurate because I trust your, your judgment um, when it comes to referees. Not other things, obviously, but when it comes to referees. Um, <laughs> but um, I, the sad thing is, I wasn't surprised. I'm sat there thinking every week something's going on with referees, whether it's Wolves or not. You know, there's yeah. something every single week in the Premier League. And that's because, unfortunately, the standard of officiating, um, not just in the Premier League, but across British football and English football, is absolutely dreadful. Um, and it's a shame because I, I actually had high hopes for Jared Gillett. And look, it may be just a, a one-off that he's had a poor game. I, you know, I, I haven't gone back and analysed his performances this season. But... I remember watching him, I think there's a clip you can watch online of him officiating a game in Australia, which is where he's from, mm-hmm. and um, they do one of, they did one of those mic'd up things so you can hear everything he's saying and he's having discussions, and, and he seems a very thorough thinker, a good communicator, seems to be making a lot of uh, sensible, logical decisions, um, moves over to England, there's, there's a little bit of noise made about him you know, in, in the media, people talking about how he's you know, a promising referee and how he's going to help the English game. Does a little bit in the lower leagues. I think he did League One and Championship um, before he, before moving up to the Premier League. I think he did a bit of VAR and other assistant uh, roles in the Premier League before actually taking centre stage as the referee. And that's exactly what he did do on Saturday. Try to take <laughs> centre stage, mate. Exactly. And then and then he, and then you know in the hot seat happens to be a Wolves game, obviously. And he has an absolute stinker. Um, now I will I'll reiterate. Look, I don't know how he's performed the rest of the season. Perhaps it'll be something I'll keep an eye on. But you have to take it on face value. There's one particular game, and then particularly that first half and the decision to send Lamina off. And it was I think you used the word laughable, and that's exactly it. You watch the replays, especially the one that is um, sort of above the uh, the pitch, the sort of wide lens view of Lamina running from almost edge of the box over to the referee. And and to be honest, running is actually. A bit dramatic. I mean, he barely broke sweat. Didn't even, uh, he, didn't even run. You know, was no, exactly. And he had his back to him anyway. I know, exactly. Had his back to him. Wasn't even looking. Just... He was looking at uh, Matinho, looking at Neves. All of a sudden, he turns around and Lamina is, what, within about two, three metres of him. And it's not even it's not even a thought. It's just, no. it's just yellow card, red straight away. And my, I mean, look, I might be wrong here, but my instinct in looking at his reaction is I don't think he realises it, it's Lamina. I think he's booking whoever it is that's coming up to him. Um, turns, has the booking, you know, in his hand, ready to go. 
realises he's now got to send a player off and then his you know, head's gone from that moment because, frankly, it was an absolutely ridiculous decision. Yeah, I mean... I mean that's your take, um, and I think that's 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 fair enough. Um, I've got my theories of why book Lamina and uh, not others, but I'll keep them to myself as well. It was a bit of a, it was just a joke performance, and look, thankfully we're not um, we're not discussing that um, as as the as the 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 change or what what happened, and that's you know the due to Wolves losing the game because they came back and they were absolutely extraordinary. Um, look, ten men, Liam, seventy thirty possession still. I think the game ended up sixty forty, but at the same time. For for ten men to to play like that was absolutely sensational, um, and I've got to say the subs again. This guy, Julian Lopetegui, is you cannot predict his starting eleven. You cannot predict what bench he's going to have. We don't know what formation he's going to play, and for substitutions are different every single week. They're thought out and they are coming off and they are superb. The two changes he made are at half time um, was Bueno, I believe, and Triori that came on, and both of those guys I thought were excellent. We'll talk about Triori in a minute, but Bueno to come on there and just give a little bit of stability. Um, I thought I know it was, was fine, but um, booked, and I thought that was the right decision to get a little bit more um, solidity to the defence was really important and also got forward as well at times. Again, I think I think a, a brilliant performance, but Adama Traore, again, Liam, that's three games in a row now. He's come on as a substitute and been sensational. I know you said he had about 15, 20 minutes maybe against Liverpool at the start where he was trying to find, um, trying to get into the game. But after that, he was excellent. But he really, really galvanised this team. Um, was, of course, there alongside a fellow substitute Diego Costa um, to get the goal, to get the own goal. And he was the one who had the shot. Um, and there's got to be a conversation had here about Adama Traor. And I've spoken about it. You know, I'm probably the one who's banging the drum. But I think Wolves should go all out and try and get this guy on. A th- um, it's 27 now, Liam. Um, so that's, if you can get Adama Traor paying good money on a three-year deal, I think you've got to go out and you've got to be a bit more progressive. And, and if you've got to raise what you're asking him and, and maybe bump it up 10, 15 grand a week, I think I think he's there. I think he's a weapon and I think he's only improving under Lopetegui. He's done Barcelona. He's done that. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, but he's gone to one of the biggest clubs in the world and he's played and he's dipped his toes back in and he's done well. He's come back. Wolves have got him. And I think that he is going to be essential at the way to the way Lopetegui wants to play next season he's smiling he's enjoying his football the passion's there the commitment's there the guy's expired the guy's contract's expired in three months you know and he's absolutely loving life he's 100% all in and I think Wolves owe it to him almost to to show and repay that faith by giving him a contract at least make him think about the contract um because that was absolutely a, a, a brilliant brilliant performance and fair play to him I think what it comes down to with Adama is it, it's the professionalism and the attitude. And regardless of what you think of him as a player, and he's gone through good spells and bad spells in a Wolves shirt, but one thing that I've never been able to criticise him for, and I don't think any fan could either, has been his attitude and application. Now, there will be you know the odd isolated moment in a game where you think, right, he could, he could have done more there, he could have tracked back a bit better there, etc. But I've never interviewed Adama, unfortunately. I hope I do before the end of the season. 
Um, but I've obviously been around him in pre-season. I've seen him in and around you know, the training ground and, and, and walking through the stadium and things like that. I've been around him and, and, and everything I've heard of him as a person from people who have been around him a lot more than me is nothing but positive things to say about him. His attitude, uh, his professionalism. You remember as well that he's been on the same contract since 2018 when he first mm-hmm. signed with Wolves. Mm-hmm. So, albeit... You know the money to me and you. Well, maybe not you, but the, <laughs> the money to me would be would be uh, would be a nice chunk of change. Um, in terms of you know com- co- comparatively to to his his teammates, he's not on mm. a lot of money really. Um, he's never signed a new deal. It's been the exact same contract, that five year deal that he signed. Yeah, and um, and he's never really groaned. He's never thrown his toys out the pram. He's never down tools. No. Um, and that's credit to him. And and you're seeing the fruits of that now. Um, obviously, the, the manager being you know a fellow countryman, being a top class manager as well, is mm-hmm. going to help bring that out of him. But I think he's um, I think he's really benefiting from keeping well, being very consistent in in the way he's conducted himself. But equally, the manager as well. I would love him to stay, same as you. Um, I, I maybe don't go quite as intense uh, as as you do. In t- you know, Wolves have got to do everything to keep him. I don't think it's. Um, a do or die situation. I think Wolves would would be fine if if he did move on. Genuinely, I do because I think they they they've recruited really well in January. I think they'll have a lot of plans and, and irons in the fire for the, for the summer, and I think they'll be they'll be fine regardless. But I think if you get an opportunity to keep a player like that, what he brings, particularly off the bench, I know he may he might not be happy with that, but I think that is where he's best used the majority of the time. I would keep him definitely. He's it's just got that X factor, Liam, and I, th- I think that's why you know you you kind of go maybe a little bit more than maybe what you want to because there's there's not many people in the game who can do that. And, and Wolves have brought in wingers, they've got forwards, they've got you know your Pedences and your Netos and you brought in your Sarabis now and, and guys who can play wide, your Huangs. But even with all these players, if I'm get, if I'm bringing someone on to change a game of football and how important substitutes are these days, I'm bringing on a Damatriori, and and I think. I think Lopetegui is bringing on a Damatriore, and he is doing that. He's bringing, he's trusting him. Whether it's the 60th minute, 75th minute, whether it's half time, whether it's on 33 minutes for Huang, he's the first guy to come on, and I think that's that that shows a lot. And look, I think we've it's crept up on us. You know, you look at him and he started with Barcelona and and Villa and and, and Middlesbrough. He's made 142 appearances for Wolves. 142 appearances. That's not bad for someone who's who's been, some people say, a bit part player. Um, look, I, I know the goals are, are never going to be prolific, but at the same time, what he creates, um, which is mayhem when he's on the pitch and when he's on. And and I think probably because of the, because how good he is, when he is under par, people look towards Triori more than others who are probably under par because it's so, the, the difference is, is so vast. Because when he's on, he's unstoppable, really. And I think maybe that's, he's slightly... Um, it's slightly unfortunate that, that happens at times, but I, I mean, I'd I'd keep him. And look, at the same time, like you say, I think you make an excellent point. He's been patient. He's never kicked up a fuss. You know, of course, he wants to be on on more money than his initial contract. But at the same time, when you look at the likes of, you know, your Gedezes and your Trinkhauser have been coming in here on a hundred grand a week, and you look at him, fair play. You know what I mean? That he's kept on going. You can understand why he wants to get paid. And uh, I'd be delighted if he gets a new deal. I, I agree. I think I think with Lopetegui and the recruitment that they can move on from that. But he's at the club. This is the best chance you've got of, of keeping him. Let's see what happens. Yeah, um, exactly. Another one I want to talk about, sorry, is um, is Diego Costa, who you probably will have seen, Liam, um, while you're watching. Come on, 
um, ahead of Raul Jimenez and another, I mean, tactical genius, really. I think a few people, eyes rolled when, when Costa came on and you think, oh, goodness, but it was just his type of game. And he loved it and he was excellent and he linked up well. He came from deep. He he brought the wide guys into it. He got into good positions and, and I say again, created mayhem because he did and uh, was important in that first goal and, and fair play. People had written him off that he wasn't going to be, you know, a bit part, even a bit part player between now and the end of the season. But on the coach, made the squad on a, on after the hour and uh, really put in probably his, his most significant shift since he's been a Wolves player. That's what you want to see from him. He's not going to play or start every week. There, there might be weeks up, you know, coming up in the next few or, or even later in the season where he, he won't make the squad again. But when he does come on, have some sort of impact. And he, and he definitely did that. I completely agree with you. The thing that I highlight the most that uh, I wouldn't say excited me, but was at least a good sign, pleased me the most, would be in that first goal, the position he took up about three, four, five yards uh, out from goal. He he was in the box. He was there for the cross. And he was unlucky, obviously, not to score. Um, and so was Adama with his efforts. So how many times we've seen a cross come in or a player make a movement and the striker's not in the six-yard box, the striker's mm-hmm. not in the right area. Um, that, I think, is one of the most pleasing things for me. And whether it's him, whether it's Raul, whether it's Cunha, whoever it is, you have to have players in those areas in the box. So that I was really pleased to see. And as you say, the link-up and and just the kind of scrappy nature of the game and where it had got to, um, it, it suited him. It really did. So... Uh, if he can have more of an impact like that and and and, and help add to the competition here you know, with Raul and Cunha, then you know you can't say fairer than that, and you can't really grumble from a Wolves' point of view because you need players to have some sort of impact and create a, a, an atmosphere and a and a competitive nature amongst the squad, which I think they are doing in a lot of positions, and maybe strikers one that they could do it in a little bit more. I tell you what's astonishing still for a team that um, we'll talk about the table in a little bit, but. For a team that are now five points away from danger and in inverted commas of the relegation zone. And you look at your strikers, your number one, your number two, your number three strikers, Cunha, Costa, Jimenez. I mean, to not score between them a Premier League goal this season and be where they are is astonishing. I can't believe it. Not one Premier League goal. I know. That's I mean, a, isn't, that, isn't that amazing though? I mean, that is amazing. I'm not sure amazing is the word I would use. Well, no, no. But I mean, <laughs> I know what you, you mean, believe though. it. Three strikers, three of your strikers, and they have not scored a Premier League goal between them yet. I know, I know. Um, I mean, that, that has been Wolves' problem all season. I mean, that's in a but nutshell. But zero, Liam, zero. I know, I know. And, and, the, and what is, I don't know if strange is the right word, but they've obviously improved. They're obviously scoring marginally more goals now since Lopetegui's taken over. And still, a striker has not scored. Can you um, imagine when strikers start scoring? They're going to be banging five or six every week. I know. I know. I, I mean, look, I don't think anyone's particularly going to care as long as Wolves no, you know, get the job not. done but this season. But they play good football. But exactly, and 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 that is something definitely to to address. I know in the you know the the newsletter comment yesterday that that you put out, um, and I, I would agree with you. I think we're in the same boat here. We're still not hundred percent that Cunha is a is a goal scoring number nine, mm-hmm. and I think. I think you phrased it in the comment to say once Wolves have a, a fox in the box, a proper number nine alongside him, which may be something they do in the summer or have you know, a Fabio Silva or a Kalajic come back in. 
um, then maybe Cunha will, will benefit from that. Overall, his performances, look, I, I again agree with you. I think been very good. I, I like yeah. him. He links up really nicely. He's intelligent. Makes good runs. Very technically gifted. And yes, the problem is he has played as a number nine the majority of his career, um, and his goal scoring at well, at Atletico Madrid was was average at best. Um, he's obviously a very good player. I just I'm not convinced he's a number nine. I think playing playing off. Mm-hmm. A striker, um, but Wolves brought him in as that number nine, and that's where they see him playing at least until the end of this season. So, I would love it for him personally to to get a goal and and just break that duck. But I'm, and he probably will. I'm sure he will. But I'm not convinced he's going to be a player that's going to get you 15 to 20 in the Premier League. Um, no, I, I think well, I ex- think assist wise, he could get 15 to 20 goal contributions um, yeah. playing alongside the right kind of player. But goals on their own, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm I'm confident though in Lopetegui and his recruitment that he showed in January that if and when they do go and get a, a number a number nine or a classic number nine that they'll make the right choice and and you know maybe it's good that they weren't rushed and and fair play that they didn't you know bow to pressure of getting another striker in whether it's um, you know the lad from Coventry City or another and maybe wait till the summer they had the confidence in the squad um, that they could get out of trouble and then they've got the summer and I'm sure the I'm sure they've got they've got players now who they'll be looking at between now and the summer, that if they do go and, and go back into the market, um, of course, depending on what the situation with Diego Costa and Raul Jimenez are, I, I'd be surprised if, if, if either of them are here next year, to be honest, Liam. So, you know, with the returning Fabio Silva, potentially, we'll see what happens there. You've got to think that they will be getting a central striker and, and, and a, probably another marquee central striker in the summer, which uh, is, is pretty exciting. Well, I, I can see the logic of where you're coming from with that, but I'm not 100 percent sure because it it really doesn't depend on movement with the, you know the two players you mentioned there, Costa and Jimenez. But you've got Kalajic coming back in, you've got Fabio Silva coming back to the club at the very least in the summer, and then you know whether there's another loan move or or anything similar is yet to be determined. But they've got players coming in, they've got several players that are going to be moving up in terms of the squad list from under 23 to senior. Jao Gomez and Nathan Collins being two of those players, so they're going to take up. I know, uh, so they'll you know they'll take up you know positions in the in the senior squad. So they, numbers wise, they've got to they've got to be careful here as well. They've got to have some outgoings and some incomings depending on contracts and you know, players like Neves when they move on, and obviously what happens with Nunes and all these kind of players. So there's a potential that you could see Kalajic and Fabio Silva come in, Raúl and Costa head out, and then it'll be them two alongside Cunha. I, I could see that as a possibility. But it's not just the numbers and the individuals, it's also what the manager wants in terms of his team and, and what he's trying to build. So we said this a few weeks back, Kalajic played 40 minutes or 45 minutes for, for Wolves, obviously had that terrible injury. There's a possibility if the manager doesn't fancy him, he never plays for Wolves again. I mean, obviously that could be the same for any player, but it's an incredible situation that you can pay that money for, for a player and he, he doesn't come back in. So... It's not just the numbers and the individuals, but it's what the manager wants and who the manager fancies as well. So they may they may not bring a striker in. If he thinks Kalajic and Fabio Silva are, are good enough options and they've got the numbers to allow them into the squad, then all of a sudden you've got your three strikers again, haven't you? Yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if they don't bring another striker in. But we'll see. Like you say, we'll see. Look, the, the, the situation is fluid and you, you can play one up front, you can play two, you can play three, you can play a false nine. He's, he's got different options, hasn't he? And I, I think, um, but I think, you know, looking at the league table and I posted it earlier on in the week, you know, the, the incredible record he's got since he took over. They're, they're in the European positions uh, with, the, with the hardest fixture schedule, by the way, in that time in the Premier League. 
if you can bring a, a goal scoring number nine in alongside to complement these guys who can score, you know, fifteen goals a season, twenty goals a season, then then that would be for me, Wolves are, are, are a European contender next season going into it. I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt there. Um, they, you look at the teams, you look at the teams in and around them, you look at the teams that that are towards the top end of the table. Goodness me, they are they are head and shoulders above some of those squads uh, at this moment in time. And thankfully, they've got the right manager in to to look after them and to make sure that they're in you know they're in a good situation moving forward. Um, before I leave this game, I've got to talk about the moment and the moment that I think, bless him, he, he's deserved. It was his birthday the day afterwards as well, João Gomez. I mean, talk about fairy tale. Uh, Mikey said, like you say, you know, couldn't write it in a Hollywood script, and, and it, it's true, really. To to hold out, to be 21 years old, to show that maturity, to to give his word, to force that move, to get the move, to come on on debut and scoring the winner. I mean, it's literally, you just can't, you cannot write it. Astonishing. He was in tears. Pedro Neto. Had one of the greatest sprints I think I've ever seen um, in in the history of Wolves um, from the bench to the to the corner flag to celebrate. Um, Saar was there as well. He ran up. It was just a it was an incredible moment and and what what a brilliant finish as well to show the maturity to to get that ball back and to knock it in and the quality of the finish. My good God! I mean, look, we know this kid's going to be a superstar. Well, we hope he's going to be a superstar, but he doesn't get any better than that, does it? Unbelievable moment, and look, I I did enjoy it sitting in a in a living room in Stockport, watching it on a dodgy, on a dodgy stream. Um, oh no! But um, obviously, I'm a, I'm an objective uh, journalist, but um, I, I I had a little moment. I enjoyed it. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, oh, mate, it, I, I was all over the shop. Got well, to be warned by the steward. This is exactly what I was going to say. Please, please tell me as much as you're allowed to tell me what happened. Okay, I can tell you the the PG version of uh, I've got so I've got I've got Mr. Paul Berry, who's of course the Wolves feature columnist for us, who just um just does some some excellent long reads. I think the one in today as well um, for the old Express and Star former media Wolves media officer next to me. So he was working with us. He was the Liam Keane on Saturday, just gone. I had Alex Dickin behind me. I had a couple of um, guys to the right of me, and then I had the Wolves media team were kind of like further back. I've gone up. And remember, all around Southampton fans, I've gone up because you can't not. And I've been digging Paul Berry in the side with little moments <laughs> all throughout with my elbow. And he, I think he'd had enough of me at that point. I think he'd had enough of me by 15 minutes in, to be honest. And I've gone mental. I'm shaking him, shaking him like a like like a rag doll. Um, I looked to this. I looked up, and there's Mikey Burrows, and he's off his feet. The Wolves media team are kind of like fist bumping and, and can't believe it, and they're shaking. And because I'm on the front row, the steward comes up and I've had a couple of people turn around from Southampton fans because obviously it's silence. Nathan Jones knows he's lost his job, which he did. Um, the fans are starting throwing. There was a couple of people who went onto the pitch to de- to, to remonstrate with, with Jones. And I've s- carried on celebrating because it was just an incredible moment. I'm getting my camera, I'm trying to film it, and I'm, I'm shaking, I'm trying to type at the same time. I'm going, come on, come on, come on. At that point, the steward comes up and goes, mate, sit down. He said something else, to be fair. He said, sit the down. So I sat down. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get kicked out here, but then nothing else happened, so I was all right. But um, yeah, I couldn't. 
you can't help it. You can't help it. Not there. Because you knew who just scored the goal. And the fact that it was 10 men, if it was just a regular two-on victory, or, you know, we've had great results at St Mary's with, you know, Raul coming back and scoring great goals. You know, you still stay in your seat. You have a little bit of a, me and you will have a little bit of a dig, but quietly lost lost my shit. Sorry to, sorry to, <laughs> for Andy, I lost my shit. I'm sorry. Well. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Why the hell not? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. I was... I've loved to have been there, but I'm just glad it happened regardless. Um, exactly. Not, not only for the three points, but for the Jao Gomez situation. Look, we, we've, we've waxed lyrical about how his desire and sense of honour and determination to join Wolves in the first place after all that transfer saga already put himself in an unbelievable position with the fan base. Yeah. But to come off the bench on his debut and score the winner in a six-pointer against bottom of the league... Was uh, I mean, just you could it could not have been more perfect if he tried. Um, I, I mean, watching him <laughs> fall into floods of tears as well, it was just incredible. Um, yeah, ama- amazing moment, and um, it, it sets him up perfectly now to, to just build from this. You know, look, he, he probably doesn't start, we'll come on to the Bournemouth game this weekend, but he probably doesn't start that game, he's probably building fitness up still. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's there's no pressure on him to go out now and and dominate a game, start and give it, you know, obviously we want him to do well, but there's no pressure on him from the fan base to go out and write 10 out of 10 performance, score a brace, and, you know, he's got, he's given himself a bit of breathing space, develop, get yourself used to the Premier League, you've got hero status as it is already, and if he, if he turns himself and gets himself into the kind of position and turns himself into the kind of player we, we think he can be, and, and the reason why Wolves invested that money in him and were desperate to sign him, um, then he will have that, that hero status long term anyway. So he's in a great position and he set himself up perfectly and he's now just got to take stock, build from this and um, and get himself into the team eventually, uh, which he probably will talk at some point this season. But he, he would, yeah. I would even say that next season onwards is probably where he should be saying, right, I'm a starter every single week. So the pressure's off. He's, he's created an incredible moment and just build from there. Um, but I do have to, before you move away from Southampton, I do mm-hmm. have to drop in. Um, are you going to pay for your crimes? Uh, I think there was a, a little dig oh. on the video with you and you and Paul Berry. What Something about transferring me out and bringing, you know, bringing Paul in or someone else in permanently. Oh. I, I don't, you know, look, I don't like to, I don't like to drag these things out. But we had to, um, we had to mention it, it was, but it was in a loving kind of a way, oh, wasn't sure it? In a vindictive. Was. We, we love you, Liam. We love you. The peeps love you. <laughs> Rosie loves you. Alana loves you. Yeah, you know, Tiggy right. loves you, mate. Everyone loves you. We missed you. They, we had to, I we, missed you. We had to mention it because we no one knew where you were. So we, you know, we, we people you were you were genuinely missed throughout the game. Where's the punchline? There's no punchline. <laughs> There's no punchline. I love you, mate. I love you. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Valentine's love is in the air. Yeah, um, you are doing Warsaw though on Saturday. Just to let you know, I've oh. just seen your. Um, can you imagine? No, that is. A I mean, you were really complimentary about Walsall back in the day when you started this job, saying love them, love love the peeps. You know, always have a special place in my heart, mate. Uh, you went to you went back to Walsall once. You're like, I'm never going back there. You've changed your tune. No. It's like when you've just it's like when you've just passed your test and you're like, oh, I really appreciate learner drivers, you know, because I've been there and done it. And then five years down the line, you're like, uh, uh, get out of the way. Well, it's not going to exactly sit well with with Wolves fans on a Wolves podcast, but I'll say it. Um, no, oh, I, I've got go. a soft spot. I've got a soft spot for Warsaw. I covered them for two years. It was my first um, professional job covering a football club. 
like I've got a soft spot for them. Do I want to go back? New. No. <laughs> I'm all right where I am. Thank you very much. Um, but look, I, it's, the, it's the press food, mate. It's the I'm, press food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm still friends with people at the club now. So, look, so I, you've got to say that is that what you say? No, I've, that's the absolute truth. I buy. I'm not going to be going back there full time. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Unless all of a sudden, you know, what we've built here crumbles. Um, <laughs> Every if chance. To be honest, I'm, I'm I'm surprised we're still standing each week. To be honest, I'm just if, happy to turn up to this podcast. If, we haven't been given a P45. If, I'm not. I'm not an email from HR. So, so that's that's a win for me. If somehow our WhatsApp group gets leaked, then maybe we'll be out of a job. My but... God, I think if everybody's WhatsApp group gets leaked, we'll be, we'll, we'll, everyone will be out of jobs and marriages, to be honest. Well, I'm not married, so I'm all right then. No, that's okay, mate. Yeah, I've seen some of your pictures. <laughs> Goodness me. No need for that. Fifteenth <laughs> in the table. Um, five points, like I said, from away from Everton now in 18th. So that gap has has increased. It was a really good weekend, wasn't it? Um, look incredibly Liam only two points away from Palace in 12th and the way things are going I think we'll finish above Palace in the table I really do um, and then all of a sudden 11th is Aston Villa so look, things are looking up and you know you wrote your newsletter piece today by the way again plug if you haven't got the newsletter yet make sure you subscribe uh, at the top of every single Wolves article there is a all you have to do is pop your email in click the link You'll get um, you'll get something in your e-box to confirm it's you, and then you have got exclusive comments six days a week from myself or Liam and every single wolf story that goes out. It's a no-brainer. It's completely free. Get yourself involved. But you said today, you know that that it's um, it's doable. And can they get can they get twelfth? Can they get eleventh? But at the same time, they cannot be complacent with Bournemouth coming to town. We'll preview that game in a little bit. But is it is it time to look up and above the table rather than below it, Liam? I think you have to um, because of the mini run, I suppose, that the Wolves are on, but also the, the the prolonged form that they've been on since Lopetegui came in. Obviously, overall, you look at points since he's taken charge, the Wolves are up there in a really good position. So um, they have to start looking up, definitely. But as you, you mentioned there in my, my newsletter comment piece this morning, um, complacency is, is the biggest killer right now. The position Wolves are in, it'd be easy for complacency to, to creep in. Yes, they're not out of trouble, but... Everything feels really good around the club right now. The squad seem happy. Off the pitch, they seem a lot more together and organised. The communication coming out of the club is better. I think Hobbs, Matt Hobbs has done a, a good job in that. Um, all of these things, alongside the results and the performances, has created a lot, you know, a much better feeling amongst the fan base. And you do not want creep. Uh, what is the word? I've just lost it. Complacency to, mm. to creep in. Um, can you tell I'm all over the place? The, the, you are, mate. You the, are. It's the you drug. are. It's alcohol, mate. It's, 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 no, it's you, the you were doing what on Saturday? This illness, this, the drugs oh, I've been okay. taking. It's okay. messing with my mind. I don't drink. I, I wouldn't dare. Um, <laughs> Why are we doing your own time, mate? It's up to you. Yeah, I only had a few on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, want, you don't want that to creep in because that, that is really the killer. But the position Wolves are in and the manager they've got, I don't think... Well, he won't tolerate it. I'll put it that way. That's the way I phrase yeah. it in the comment. He yeah. will not tolerate that coming in. Now, Wolves will lose games between now and the end of the season, obviously. Of course. Um, it's the manner in which they lose and it's the opposition uh, to that, that, that they, mm-hmm. they lose to, really. They can't really afford to go and lose to a Bournemouth on Saturday. No. If they lose to a Man City, they lose to an Arsenal, they lose to, you know, that's different. Mm-hmm. Losing to Bournemouth and the manner of the loss, if it, is, if it does happen, is particularly at home. That says a lot more about, in, in some ways, the loss itself. So, yeah. Wolves have got to be consistent um, and, and, and stay level-headed and that's, 
I think I keep a key point because Lopetegui, it's not the most exciting stuff. It's a little bit boring, to be honest, but he says it every single game, regardless of whether they win, regardless of whether they lose, move on to the next one. It's only it's only yeah. three points. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy it tonight, but Monday we're back in the training ground. It's very much right. We haven't done anything yet. We've got to move on to the next one. We've got to be consistent. And I think it's, look, it's not the most exciting thing for us or the fan base necessarily to hear, but I think it's the kind of messages that the, the squad needs to hear and it means that if complacency for any moment creeps in even for the slightest brief fleeting moment he will stamp it out of them quickly and um, yeah. and, and that's a good sign that's what you want from a manager of course you do absolutely um, right a few uh, news and notes so a few two or three two or three things I want to get onto before we take questions and then uh, and then we'll preview Bournemouth Liam okay first of all um, great news like I said incredible sprint he's 100% fit um, at Southampton, and then he played for real uh, for the 21s as well in the week. Pedro Neto is back, baby. And it, well, for him as a person, great. To Caught see you him out back. there, didn't I? When you were when you were drinking there from you, is it I, coffee or tea? I was I having a little. Gulp. I was having a little little bit of water, trying to oh, okay. trying to subtly get it down before you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, it's great for him as a person, obviously. I mean, that, that's the first thing to say. But in some ways, I think people in January almost forgot. You know. Geddes moved on. We were looking mm-hmm. at Sarabia coming in, look at the options that they had. There was a lot of... And to be honest, in some ways, me included, actually, we would look at the options they had in midfield and right when we've got Chiori's back from injury, they'll have seven midfielders. There's so many options. It's yeah. brilliant. And you forget that you've got a player like Pedro Neto, who we knew at the time was fairly close in January, fairly close to coming back. And what a, a great type of player not just in terms of his quality but in terms of the position what he offers he's slightly different to the other wingers type of player to bring back into the team I think you've got to be patient with him he's going to take time he probably isn't mm. going to be starting games uh, anytime soon I would I would hedge my bets but have a bit of impact maybe bring him off the bench yeah. against Bournemouth yeah. depending on where they are in the game it's a great <laughs> player to have back it's a great option to have back and if you would back him as a player to have the kind of impact he did before his well his first injury his knee injury before this uh, before this ankle injury you would say Lopetegui is the kind of manager to get something out of him and that's quite exciting isn't it I mean you've nailed it you hit the head on the uh, you've, you've hit the hit nail the head on the nail, nail. <laughs> hit the head on the nail um, you know I think like you say it'll be you sparingly this season I, I don't believe you're going to have a, a run of three or four games where Pedro Neto starting I just don't think that's going to happen but to have him as an option, he'll get the odd start here and there, absolutely. But if he can just stay injury-free throughout pre-season and get a season under Lopetegui next year, fully fit, coming into next year fully fit, and just use this to build up and build up and build up now for the last 10 or 15 games of the season, and stay injury-free, I think that that, is, that would be huge. And you just know he's going to deliver. He's bubbling under... And he flatters to deceive sometimes, but you've got a coach now who can change players, completely change players. And I think if you can just get him fit and get him ready to go and have a full season under him next year, I think you could have special, special things from him. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. The, the type of manager, as I say, will, will bring the best out of him. But I think injury-free is the big one there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You've had, he's had two pretty bad injuries back-to-back. Yeah. Back. Um, and, and that's particularly his age, that's not what you want. He's the kind of player that was being touted. You know, you know what the kind of the rumor mill was like to be going to mm-hmm. likes of Liverpool and these kind of clubs. Um, he's a player who could really shine next season for Wolves. It'd be great if he can do something this season. You know, he scored right towards the end 
um, of last season as well, didn't he? Before he had a, a brief injury away at Liverpool. You know, if he can have a few shining moments, that'd be great. He looked sharp in pre-season, obviously before his injury as well. But I think for me, you, you target next season. You give him a game here and there, as you say. You give him Tom off the bench. I think to be honest, the Bournemouth game, as I've already mentioned, probably be perfect for him to go off the bench, depending on where you know where the game is. If it's if it's gritty and it's nil nil and, and Wolves are desperate for a result, it may not be the best game to bring him on. For quality wise, mm-hmm. yes, but mm-hmm. in terms of bedding him back in, maybe not. Um, but if the game is, is going is going well for Wolves, they're in a good place. I think it's the perfect time at home to bring him back, um, even for 10-15 minutes. So he's looking sharp when he did in the 21 game at least anyway and I think if he can ease himself back in he's a real asset to Wolves massive asset to Wolves and yeah. to the kind of play we've already seen can do it in the Premier League if he can get even half of that back and build his way back up then he'll be a great player Great so that's Neto off uh, the second one I want to talk about very quickly uh, Ruben Neves again passion that he showed on on Saturdays is just fantastic he's been and we'll be up there, I'm sure, with, for player of the season at the end of the year, uh, Liam. And look, of course, everybody wants him to stay. Of course they do. Of course they do. And look, is it beyond the realms? No, it's not beyond the realms. But there's, there's a, he's, he's likely, very likely, that this will be his last season at Wolves, you would, you would expect. Which is fine. And I think he should go with everybody's blessing. And I understand people want him to stay, and that's absolutely correct. Of course you do. He's been unbelievable. But I've seen certain people saying, you know, if they get into Europe, let's not be crazy, guys. Or, you know, do you think because it's Lopatiki, he could stay one or two more years? And then, and I'm like, okay, that's a fair enough question. And then I see certain things and petitions. Can you sign my petition for for Ruben Neves to stay? And that doesn't sit right with me. And I don't think that's necessary. If the guy has done his time, and look, he's not been in jail, he's not been earning one pound a week. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's, he's been paid very, very well. But he's been sensational to the football club. And if and when he, he leaves at the end of the season or, or whenever, he should go with every single person's blessing. No petitions, no nothing, no demonstrations, no sign this. I get it, it comes from a place of good. But there's very there's very few people who either come to the end of their contract or, like a Damatrowe, or, um, or go... In a good situation where he is, he should be ways lauded amongst the fans. It's always like a little bit bitter, or a little bit frustration in there, you know. Or bigger clubs come in, he should go with one hundred percent of people's approval and just to say thank you. And you go on and you live your dreams because he's done above and beyond what I think anyone and stayed longer than anyone ever thought he would. For some of the best, you know, years of his life, this next move will be his basically. His his last huge move, you would have thought. You know, he's had he stayed at Wolves for six years. If you sign another five or six year deal, then all of a sudden you're approaching thirty. You know what I mean? So this is a, a huge move for him, and he should be um, welcomed at any club. And the fans should just be so so thankful. I think a majority are, but let him go if he wants to go. Do you know what I mean? And go with your best wishes. Spot on. And I'm always careful when you talk about legend status because I think it's a really almost delicate topic to be honest because yeah you've got wolves legends in the glory days the 50s the 70s you've got people who've won trophies who've taken wolves to the best in europe and he hasn't done that ruben Neves, not for any fault of his own obviously but the position wolves were in at the time when he arrived and what he's done since then but i genuinely believe he was he's probably and maybe i'm being you know this might be recency bias this might be 
um, perhaps in hindsight a little unfair, but he might be one or two trophies away if he won trophies with Wolves. If Wolves had gone on and won that that um, that Europa League tie against Sevilla and won, gone on and won the competition, if he was a couple trophies away from probably being a, an all-time legend at Wolves, mm-hmm. I think I think that's in the, I think he's in the conversation at least. I think because he hasn't got that, you probably you're probably pushing the boat out a little bit too much. Um, but I think I think he's the best player I've seen in the Wolf shirt, and I'm 26. Um, look, I mean, <laughs> when I was younger, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh, good players to compare him to, obviously. But I think for me, I have to say that I think Matinho in his in his heyday was is up there as well. But there's there's all of the the best really are going to come from these last five or six years, aren't they? So. And you look at legend Liam and you look at you look you look at pre I think it's a past thing, you know, isn't it? You know, 20, 30, 40 yeah, years exactly. ago. Whereas this, just because it's present day doesn't mean to say that you can't be named a legend because you you are, we are in the you know in the midst of greatness here. You know, when people, you know, 15, 30, when we've got long, long gone, people will be talking about these last five years, these last six years as an incredible era, incredible era, and you know, uh, Wolverhampton football and the sort of players that that they attract in the sort of nights. I, I think we are very, very fortunate to to be living it and to be in the middle of it and reporting on it. And I think, I think actually, to be honest, it probably will be a legend when you look, when you look back at it. But just I think because it's so present, it's very difficult to do it. It's like it's like you know, footballers retiring and then they get a Hall of Fame ceremony five or six or seven years. I think once you look back at it. I think I think there's an argument that you can say that he's a Wolves legend, but let him go with good graces. Absolutely, I absolutely agree. Look, he, he, he's you say done his time, but I think it's the right way to phrase it. He he arrived at Wolves um, a little bit of an unknown quantity, but clearly a very talented player. Um, Fifteen odd mil, wasn't it, in the Championship? Mm-hmm. Twenty one years old, I think, was he at the time? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we all knew, or felt anyway, that. This is probably a team that's going to get promoted, um, or you, there was at least that that ambition and hope, and that he's probably got what two, three years max in a Wolves shirt, and the kind of commitment and 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 love to be honest that he has for for the club and the way he's endeared himself to the fan base means that he could come back to Wolverhampton at any point in his life and be a hero. He could he has he's got the freedom of the city. He could come back and watch games at Molyneux whenever he wanted to. And he's done that because of the way he's conducted himself and the performances he's put in. And he's earned himself a Champions League club. And and that's difficult to say because you want him to you want him to stay at the club. But even if he does move, and even if he doesn't move, I'd say the same thing in the summer. He's earned himself a Champions League club. He's earned himself the opportunity to win the best trophies you can possibly win in your career. And I think he is genuinely good enough to go on and win them. I really do. So... Um, it, it it almost makes me want Portugal to to do well. Obviously, I want England to win first, but it almost makes me want them to do well just for him and some of the other Wolves players linked to to Portugal to to go on and, and get some some trophies because I think he deserves it. And it'd be a shame if he didn't get it in his career because those kind of players deserve to go on and and win the biggest things in the game. Yeah, of course they do. And look. You know, we've all seen how Lopetegui's done. He'd be seventh in the in the form table as it as it stands. And you know, what if you know he he got this same squad with a couple of additions in the summer and had an, and another season with it? You know, football's not like that, unfortunately. And uh, the fact of the matter is, if Ruben Evers wasn't here this year, Wolves could be already cut adrift. He's he's been that important. So yes, everybody would love him to to go up into the sunset with a European place or a cup run or a final or whatever. But 
you know, just being here and just being part of this and embracing the city. Um, just a testament to the guy and, and, and the kind of guy, and the human being he is. And look, I think everyone will always uh, be a huge support of Ruben Neves wherever he ends up. So, so fair play. So, yeah, that's gone a little bit longer. But, you know, when you talk about Ruben Neves, it's difficult to keep it to a minute or two minutes. So, uh, yeah, absolute, absolute, I'm going to say it, living legend. Right, uh, last, lastly, before we go on to uh, questions, Liam, um, we enjoyed, we enjoyed, um, I was a little bit sceptical. A little bit sceptical, I must admit, but was uh, thoroughly enjoyed um, our pre-season in, in Benidorm this year. Um, we've got a little bit of an update of where potentially pre-season may happen for 2022 or 2023-2024. Where, where could that be? And is it Benidorm again? <laughs> uh, I think that's unlikely, um, but I, th- I don't think. Damn, I, damn! I, I was just about to say, I think, but we, our, our preference for both of us is to go back, isn't it? We want to be back oh, in the red line. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Maybe not. Oh, my um, comfort zone was well and truly out of it. I really was. I really struggled. But look, we, we, we loved it. We got the content was great, and the, the club were great. So as long as the club have been have been fantastic, and we get to watch the games, I enjoy doing the videos with you. We will have so much stuff. Looking forward to preseason this year. We're going to smash it out of the park. We're going to give you as much free content as you possibly can. But where from? Where from? Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, obviously the you know the talks and and uh, contracts are being put together to try and get something sorted. Um, it's not sorted yet. Um, and obviously things can change as we saw last year when Wolves were meant to go to America and it got pulled out from under their feet uh, at the last minute so things can definitely change but I think the preference at the moment um, I'm I'm hearing is is either a USA again which I don't think comes as a surprise um, or South Korea potentially Um, obviously with the Huang USA or South Korea not not quite Benidorm again then not Not quite Benidorm Benidorm. not quite Uh, I mean obviously both amazing destinations for hopefully fans to enjoy and hopefully for media to enjoy. Um, so Our yeah, editor and uh, New MD are going to be delighted when uh, uh, booking flights to South Korea. They'll be absolutely buzzing. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean the obviously they've got the, the Huang link with South Korea and he's obviously yes. massive over there. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you saw the videos with um, students coming over courtesy of uh, Wolverhampton Uni and um, and then have been surprised by. Quang at the uh, at Molyneux and their reaction. He's, yeah, he's great massive video. over there. Um, I know. I know. You know. Wolves have done plenty of stuff with, um, with with South Korean. You know, either students or journalists or, or anything like that in the past. So there's obviously a good link there, and they're trying to build up that sort of market. So that's definitely one of the options alongside alongside America. It'll be interesting as well because I think you know clubs or, or at least the, the the people that are signing these contracts to to bring clubs over. They're going to want them to be Premier League teams, particularly when it's America, because I think it's already been public knowledge. It's been announced that they are doing like a a cup in America. So yes. I think I think Chelsea are already in it. I think I've got, I've got that right, and there'll be obviously several clubs involved. Yes. Um, but those clubs have to be Premier League clubs for that to work. So then it might be difficult if Wolves aren't safe or or close to safe um, for Wolves to get that signed. Whether they maybe could put a clause in to say that you know it, it, the contract's void if Wolves get relegated, something like that might be yeah, a possibility, yeah. but those kind of things they have to take into account, so that's a little bit of a grey area, um, but I think with something like South Korea that's less of a problem um, and it would be more of you know playing local teams and going over there and um, and uh, and obviously building the profile, so yeah, it'll be um, it'll be interesting which one they, they get over the line if, if either, as I say, things can change very quickly but they're, they're the two preferences at the moment, so we'll... Um, and hopefully, I think the the idea of the club is to have it sorted, done and dusted a lot sooner than it was last year, 
without any of those hiccups that caused everyone a lot of stress. So, um, so yeah, I, I think there'll be more news soon, hopefully, but that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, I think fans will be notified early, a lot earlier than what happened last year. And like you say, there was a lot of different situations and, and, and connotations why that didn't happen. But um, hopefully we'll get some, some news when we when we know it. But that's great. You know, first first to say what they're looking at, which is fantastic. Um, Liam, Nanayum Liam Kin Yul Salagan Handa. Um, so that's a little bit over my head. I mean, I'll be honest with you, the pronunciation might have been a little bit off. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, my, it's, my, it's me saying, I love Liam Keen in South Korean. Yeah, I, I think you could say that to a South Korean person and they would say, I don't think that's what you said. Mate, you're massive. And I can imagine you, you know, that you'd be all the K-pop uh, loving people, mate. They'll be going crazy for the old Keen, mate. The oh, old black belt. I'll be, I'll be surprised if they're not, to be honest. <laughs> if, if there's not a Liam Keen fan club over there already, I'll be absolutely disgusted. People will remember the uh, the chicken feet, which uh, I didn't order, and the eyeballs as well, which um, um, crunched and uh, and split in my mouth in um, in Shanghai. So can't wait to try. Actually, to be honest, Korean food is unbelievable. So. And the barbecue, Korean barbecue. Oh, oh my goodness! Now we're talking. Oh, we'll come back, come back. Thirty-five pounds heavier, and I'll be quite happy to do it. To be honest, if you're going to go there, um, right? So yeah, pre-season done. Right, let's go on to first of all, Liam. I know, um, I know, you went halves with Rosie on the old air fryer from Kettle and Toaster, man. Did you go halves on Valentine's, or did you pay for it? Were you in the night in shining armor this time? You'll be very happy to hear that I did pay. Hey, baller! How much? How much was a? How much was the McChicken Royale? <laughs> There was absolutely no need for that. I've already given you. A, I've given you a lovely description of what you did. You did. It was. It was very was like. nice. It was very very nice. But you could have. You could have gone and stayed at home and with a tower digital air fryer with LCD setup for forty five pounds. And this is top draw. It's a huge draw. A huge draw that you open up. And I'll be honest, Liam. I've been cooking. Shall I tell you what I've done this week? Have you ever heard of Samfire? I don't think so. Samfire. It's, it's like it's. It's a plant. It's kind of like. Um, it grows in like water bodies. It's kind of like a seaweedy looking plant, but it's very good, very nutritional, and also taste of the sea, which you know is it's fine if you're having a little bit of fish. But what I've been doing with it is just banging like two of them into the air fryer, coming out with a little bit of crispy coating. It's almost like you're having a bit of a French fry, a very thin kind of stringy French fry, and obviously delicious. And you've only put like one teaspoon of oil in there. It's like nothing. Um, and it's like a crisp, it's like a fry, it's like a French fry. And like, you're getting like two boxes of it, and it's only 115 calories, and you're having deliciousness all day long. And I'm having it in my little air fryer, but you can have it in this one, 45 pounds, tower air fryer. There's another one for 80. Look, they go all the way up to 100. If you want a fancy one, Liam, 110 quid. But I mean, to be fair, I don't think you need it. I think, don't think you need a fancy one. Go down, 45 pounds, there's some on sale as well. Kettle and Toaster Man. .co.uk. It's it's vast. I know a few people have, have, have obviously bought from Kettle and Toaster Man, but if you haven't been on the website, honestly, what are you waiting for? What you you're missing so much. Don't you think you can just you know when you go down like a rabbit hole of like certain clickable articles? Well, I'll go on this site and ten minutes later I'm still scrolling through because I can't believe it. And I know you're the same. And your and your basket's got about ten different items in. I know, and, I know. Uh, it's just so easy because there's just so many different options. It's so easy to navigate through, and uh, and then new things going on there all the time as well. Um, uk, baby. And um, let's look. I go to special offers now. Let's see special offers. Let's see what's what's around there. Oh my god! 
I mean, I'm excited. Talking about talking about a bit of K what K pop, mate. Me and you need to take this to South Korea. Are you ready? I'm ready. A Daewoo portable, and I mean neon lights, two microphones, white, brand new karaoke machine, baby. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Luminous green, luminous pink. This is me and you written all over it. I've got forty a... quid, mate. Forty quid. I've got a beautiful voice as well. Oh, I bet you have. Absolutely. I bet you have. Uh, oh dear, right, let's have some questions. Ready? Let's do it. Okay, Bebe. First one up is... Paul Mansell, who says, On a long coach trip to an away match, which Wolves player would you least want to sit next to? If we don't answer the same person here, I'll be very disappointed. Which person would you least want to sit next to on a Wolves coach trip? Is it is it an easy answer to say because of the... The the room sitting next to him going to go Adama Traore just because of the big arms muscles are going to be in the way. Is that too easy? I mean, I don't want to be sat anywhere near Diego Costa, mate. That that was actually my second thought because he would be one. You fall asleep. You're going to have stuff on you. He's going to be nipping you. He's going to be excitable. I mean, we saw, I saw him, you know, on Friday trying to get on the bus and he's honking the bus horn. He's like a little kid. He'll have little little snacks as you go out to to grab and he's. Messing about with them, he's trying to jump on someone's back. The last thing I want, you know, two or three hours down to Southampton is is an excitable Diego Costa. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to kiss you or smack you. <laughs> A bit of both, please. <laughs> Happy days. Bow chicka wow wow. Right, okay. <laughs> right, here we go. Let's see. Um, next question. Is uh, Linda's Lama says, is Julian Lopetegui's Wolves' best ever in-game tactician. I think early subs formation changes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Liam. Huh. Well, well, Liam, then. I won't I want, I want talk. Well, at least Liam, the yours. No, um, <laughs> I think it's easy. It, 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 maybe he looks a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. It's obviously been very good, but he looks a little bit better compared to the predecessor as well because that was a big criticism of Bruno Large in that he was very late to make changes um, and resting on his laurels far too often. But I will agree that tactician is the right way to describe it. Lopetegui is proactive rather than reactive, and that's the difference. Um, and Wolves have benefited from it. So I won't say he is the best, because I think it's difficult to say that off the top of my head. But I, what I will say, and interpret it as you like, I can't think of anyone better. Let's put it that way. Um, interesting one here. Look, I, I don't think this would even have been the conversation last week, but I'm going to ask it. Stranger things have happened. Will Diego Costa be back next year? Says Portuguese Christ follower. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, it's not obviously it's not impossible. Of course it's not. But I think the age, the impact he's had overall. Yes, he you know was better the other the other day. But we have to remember overall what we've what we've seen, and I've not been particularly convinced. So I don't think so. But it's been a nice experiment while it, while it's lasted. This is an interesting one. A couple of people are asking this, actually. Trevor Hickman um, says, is there a risk that another club could come in for Lopetegui in the summer when his stock will be very high? Oh, it's always a risk. Of course it is, yeah. I mean, you don't know what kind of project or situation clubs will be in in a month's time, let alone three, four, five, six months. So it's absolutely possible. But you would hope that Wolves are in a, you know, in a strong position with the contract he's on, um, the control that he's been given, the say he's been given, uh, the way he's working with Matt Hobbs, the team he's building, the signings he's brought in. I think there's a lot of things that work in Wolves' favour, regardless of whether a club comes in. Obviously, it depends on who that club is, but 
I think Wolves are in a good position. Gail says, do you think Nathan Collins will start on Saturday? Look, I forgot to mention Jose Sarr's incredible save when it was 1-0. And, it, you know, you know, he's got some stick this season, but he, he reached full stretch to knock that ball away. Round the keeper, that's 2-0. It's probably um, almost certainly game over. So, you know, you talk about the the opposite end of the pitch. You know, Saar has, has well, saved Max Kilman there as well, who I thought actually was pretty solid on the day apart from that back pass, but it was a woeful back pass. And uh, that could have been game set and match. Um Will Nathan Collins be pushing for a start, or do you think he'll keep it as it is? I think it will stay as it is, but I think it's um, it's a fair enough question to to think that maybe yeah, maybe he will get a game against Bournemouth, particularly the opposition at home. Uh, you know, if he, if he sees a tactical reason to to play Collins, so I could see it. I could definitely see it, but I do think yeah. I do think Kilman and, and Dawson will keep their place. Yeah. Also, I think if you if you Leaving someone out on, you know, end of the day, they've won two games in a row, haven't they? Let's be honest. Uh, Liverpool and and Southampton with this this combo at centre back. If you if you drop him on that because of that back pass, what does that say to Kilman? You know, so I I I'm inclined to agree with you, Liam. That I think I'm not saying it's beyond the beyond the realms because it definitely isn't. But I think he'll probably keep this until at least they lose a game or draw a game. If they're gone win win, they're going for a third win on the bounce. Maybe it's a little bit harsh. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think, as you rightly say, the, the the message it sends for making pretty much one mistake from Kilman. I think overall he's been good, so I don't, th- I don't think he'll lose his place just yet. But I think, as Lobtie keeps saying, Collins will get his chances and mm-hmm. he will come back in at some point, definitely. And it's it's about keeping his position when he does come back in. Yeah, uh, lots of questions about Neves. So hopefully we've answered them in in the previous segments. Um, a lot of people saying we'll just do everything to keep him, and if we get into Europe, we'll, we'll you know would never stay. Let's let's just listen back to what we've said, and I think it's fair enough. Um, okay, here we go. Jathan Nuder says, "Which of the seven dwarfs from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs are you, Nathan? You can't be Snow White. Disappointing. Kino, hmm. what dwarf would you be? Hmm. I'm trying to think of all the names. Oh." Who- Sleepy's one, isn't it? Sleepy is one. I'll I'll go with that because I'm a very heavy, very heavy sleeper. So I'll go with that. Um, can't bashful, dark, grumpy. Probably go happy. Probably go happy. (laughs) I I try to be as happy as I can. You are. You are. Very. You're very. For a middle aged for a middle aged guy. Um, and that is kind, middle aged. <laughs> very kind. I try and be, I try and be uh, glass half full. I've told you, you some of the some of the sleeping stories with me before. I'm sure I have on here. I think you've mentioned about you sleepwalking once in a yeah. while. Yeah, you do like a sleepwalk, don't you? I, I haven't done it for a Hence while. Hence why we but... got two bedrooms in pre-season because I had a lock on my door. I know. As much as I wanted one, I didn't get my way. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I've definitely mentioned it on here before. I've only done it a handful of times, and I haven't done it for. Maybe a couple of years now, but um, yeah, I've gone up and like walked around and I've piled stuff on my bed once, like chairs and different wow. furniture on top of the bed, and I've done weird stuff. I, I do a lot of speaking and tossing and turning and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, my God, it's like Paranormal Activity Eight. I know, with Keen. it's exciting. Oh, 
To be honest, I'd rather have that in the next room than Spears, so it's fine. <laughs> if there's some frightening scenes there with him and his tighty whiteys at four in the morning. No one wants to see that. <laughs> Lee Smith, do you know why Jeff Shee has been absent in recent transfer videos, pictures and announcements when he used to be in them all the time and quoted, and quoted in stories? Is this just a coincidence or is he taking a step back from the day-to-day running of the football side to focus on the big picture? It's a good observation and it's, good, it's a good question because I can see why you would ask that question or why you might come to those conclusions with what you've seen. I think um, the best way to describe it is that is Jeff isn't doing anything differently. Um, he's still, you know, very heavily involved in the decisions. You know, he still, you know, holds the purse strings and still makes decisions and obviously is has the people around him like Lopetegui and, and Matt Hobbs to, to, to have input, but of course he still makes a lot of the big calls. Um, the difference is that, and I've said this on the last podcast as well, that, Matt Hobbs is a is a much better communicator, not just with the people around him and how he handles himself, but equally with the way that announcements for signings go out. So all of those quotes and and they are pretty in depth as well for each signing um, are all from him directly. He's proactively coming out with with the descriptions, and it's not just of them as a player, and it's not just cliches. It's talk talking about players, you know, the process in signing them and the reasons why they've been signed and what they will bring. And there's a lots of lots of different areas covered. So because of that, and he gives really good explanations of it, um, and, he, and I've said this already on the podcast, that him and Lopetegui have a, have a good team and they work well together, or are a good team rather. Um, all of that means that he, you know, Matt Hobbs essentially does the legwork in terms of announcements and that Jeff She's not doesn't really need to do it um obviously i think communication from him directly i think fans probably want more and i think it definitely there definitely could be more but communication as a whole i think the club are doing a, a better job than they were previously purely through matt hobbs and that's going to be only beneficial really so no he hasn't he's not stepping back from a football point of view um jeff she but he is, is allows more space for matt hobbs to um to express himself and give his kind of explanation. So I think that, that that can only be a good thing, really, alongside hopefully getting more out of Jeff in the future. Still so many people asking about Connor Cody and uh, and what's going to happen to him at the end of the season. Should Everton go down? Will, will Cody be in the Championship? Will he come back to Wolves? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Liam. I think we've said it a million times, but if Everton go down, likelihood that Connor Cody won't be at Everton and he'll come back to Wolves, but will he be, will he be likely to play for Wolves again? I don't, I'll be... I'll be stunned, really. I think that he'll probably come back and he'll be going to, to someone else. I think there'll be a plethora of teams um, in the Premier League, by the way, who'll be quite happy to to pick Cody up as a leader. Maybe some of the teams who come up from the Championship who need you know need a club captain or some other teams, you know, from probably 10th to, to 20th, it would be you know, a good addition. But I can't see him playing for Wolves again. Will he be back at Compton Park maybe for a week before he goes on somewhere else or two weeks? Maybe. But um, I, I think it's very unlikely that we see Connor Cody um, in, a, in a Wolves shirt again. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think if you go back maybe two or three podcasts ago, we went into quite a lot of detail on this. So um, slightly different to what you just said there, because there is a possibility that he could stay with with Everton if they do go down, because it very much depends on the intricate details of the of the loan with an option, because um, it is typical, and it, we don't know for for certain whether Everton have done this, because it's obviously very much you know Everton's. Uh, deal here on this side of things, not Wolves' side of things. It's it's often that clubs um, 
the player that has an option to, to be bought signs the contract as if they were to be bought already and the club then makes the decision whether they take the option up or not. And if that is the case, which is sort of industry standard practice that most clubs tend to do, if that is the case, then if Everton wanted to take the option up um, and Cody's already signed the contract, um, all Everton have to do is just say yes, we're signing him and, and yeah. Cody doesn't, doesn't really have an, in, uh, an input there. Obviously, as a person, he can say to them, look, I don't really want to stay. You've gone down. I want to stay in the, in the Premier League. And the club might say, right, we won't take the option up then um, as a, almost almost a favour to him in some ways. But then at the same time, could you think of a better player to potentially help a team like Everton get out of the Championship? I think Cody would be would be central to that, wouldn't he, if, if they went down? So it's not cut and dry that, that he definitely... Does stay or definitely doesn't um, doesn't come back, but um, it depends really on the on the option that uh, with Everton and whether it's taken up. But we'll see. Either way, I agree with you. I, I don't think he plays Wolves again. Stu says favorite Welsh woman, and why is it a choice between Keris Matthews and Catherine Zeta Jones, Liam? I mean, Zeta Jones. You know who Keris bit... Matthews is, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, only I only Catatonia know. Catatonia lead singer. And because she wasn't she on like. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of it, like a long oh, time ago. God, is that... no. I think when I was a kid, I remember she was on it, and I remember, I remember asking my parents who the hell's that, and then that's how I know who she is. <laughs> I know who Zeta Jones is though. Yeah, I, yeah. I say, I say, I say that just with her surname, as if she's like a right back that Wolves have just signed from <laughs> Zeta from, Jones. Yeah, yeah. One Bissaka or Zeta Jones. Zeta. I'll take Zeta Jones. <laughs> Mate, honestly, got a great right, right foot on her. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Who's your choice? Zeta Jones out of those two has got to be in it. Tell you who's got a good story about Keris Matthews. I can't say it on air, but um, you know our you know our good friend um, and Wolf security man himself, Terry, who's um, at, um, in the um, in the old Wolves dining room as we speak, media room. Yes. Who looks after our attendant? Great story about Keris Matthews. Ask him next time. That's all I'm saying. No, knowing story. him and knowing you, I don't know whether that is you setting uh-huh. me up. You setting me up. For no, 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 no. Honestly, swear, swear down. Great, great story. The, the, that this guy is very well connected. Top man, top man, Tess. He's a good one. Um, um, favorite Welsh woman and why is it? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go different. I mean, I was a big fan of Charlotte Church back in the day. Got to say, mm. um, and now I'm gonna say favorite Welsh woman. I'm gonna say Catherine Jenkins. That's not so, a bad shout. Like what it shout. says between me about that is that I like opera singing. That's all it says. That's all it says. <laughs> to be fair, that's what it says. Just like opera music. Uh, sure. Right. Okay. Next up, where are we going? Oh, this is a Valentine's Day question again from uh, from from Nag. Which Wolves player would you like to go on a date with? Hmm. Good question. You need good chat, don't you? You need them to be generous. It's got to be Neves, hasn't it? I, I was go- I was going to say that, but I didn't want to say one that was too obvious. I'm trying to think a little bit outside the box. Oh, okay. Um, it's not like you. I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. I think Hugo Bueno would look after you. Oh, Hugo Bueno, yeah. would he? I, I think, like I that. I think he'd be romantic. Um, I think when you see him in the mix zone on uh, on Saturday, that can uh, and he says, oh, "I'll take you. I'll take you on a little uh, a little one and a half hour date. You'll take it, wouldn't you? Oh, oh, yeah. Down the hogs. Oh, I'm not paying half though. He's got to get his Absolutely not. Out. <laughs> I don't. Know. Oh yeah, he's on a new deal. Yeah, so I think you'd probably be on more than him to be honest. Um, <laughs> let's have a look. What's next? What's next? Da-la-la. Oh no! Rubbish! Rubbish question! Rubbish question! Wow! <laughs> rubbish question! Unbelievable! Uh, um, 
Urpex Cribs, interesting name, says, signing of Den Den Daniel Bentley has kind of gone unnoticed. Personally, I feel it's one of the signings of the season, as over the past couple of games, Sars upped his game and contributed to vital wins and three points. Maybe this signing has released Sars' true potential. Great potty, lads. Thank you very much. Um, I, th I think it's a pretty good point, that. I mean, uh, I interviewed him for, for the first time a couple of weeks ago. A, a bit of that came out earlier this week, a little bit more again, I think. Um possibly tomorrow actually uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes but he was um yeah he, he was what wolves wanted and the the impression i got from him backed that up that look he's very confident self-assured leader obviously club captain at um at bristol city has been in leadership groups at other the other clubs he's been at as well um got a good experience through the years yes he hasn't played premier league football but i think you know he's he's a very good championship goalkeeper and has got obviously at 29 can still play in the premier league when he gets his opportunity ambitious you know English and brings the those sort of values into the dressing room which obviously Lopetegui wanted so it ticks the boxes for, for what the club wanted and, and so far whether it's a you know a um, a coincidence or not Sarah has been improved mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean you, you've got to take it on face value and he's been better the last few weeks since Bentley signed I think that's that's obvious Last question then from Football Scout. He says, um, with all the recent stuff about Manchester City, I have read in two different articles that they have a global estimated fan base of around 5 million. I'm sure Wolves have a handle on what is going on. So what's the magic number? If you don't know, what do you think it is? So I thought this was a really interesting question, something I hadn't really thought of. So I did a little bit of research. Uh, you'll be shocked to know I did a, a bit of work beforehand. Um, <laughs> so, So look at Wolves's social media following across sort of all the platforms and they're just under 9 million um, but the sort of global fan base or obviously estimated global fan base because it's always difficult to get an, you know, an exact number on this No, I want um, it to the person I want it to the person Shut up um, So <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, the, the best number you can compare to that city number that you've quoted there um, they, yeah. they take into account people that have had sort of I think they describe, describe it as meaningful interaction. So someone who's bought a ticket or bought a shirt or mm -hmm. had some sort of interaction with the club, um, that yeah. that would add to that number. So the number for Wolves that, that they're sort of working from is a, is just under 2 million. Okay. Um, which which probably makes a lot of sense because um, if you're talking of City being around 5, just under 2, that you know, that, 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 that makes sense, I think. And, and you know, there's a hell of a lot of people. Wolves are building their... Their brand, if you will, um, you know, South America, Asia, North America, they're, they're they're working on it in a lot of different avenues, and it seems to be uh, seems Benidorm. Benidorm, obviously. I mean, we we did a lot to to enhance the uh, the Wolves brand over in Benidorm, didn't we? So, um, so yeah, perfect. I, you know, we've um, I keep thinking that you've teased this story. If uh, cool. It's a, what you said was if wolves stay up and someone reminds us, that's what it is. Isn't if wolves stay, if wolves stay up and someone lets us know when when they're guaranteed to stay up, we will tell you about a certain story that went on, a certain shenanigan that went on in Benidorm, um, that we have yet to disclose to I think um, our other halves, our work colleagues, or anyone yeah. we know. Um, so we will we will share it because you know. Not many people listen to this anyway, so no, I'm sure exactly. it'll just be you and you know we'll, we'll be talking direct to you. So uh, it's, and you um, alone. That is the second 
time that we've teased that, and I think I yeah. think in the that's it now. in the idea of fairness, that should be the last time. We, that's the last time. Not, we won't tease it again. So no. either you know, email, t- uh, Twitter, get in touch with either me or Judah when Wolf stay up and remind us. If one person reminds us, we'll do it. If we don't hear anything, the story is in the ether; it disappears. I love the fact that you said when Wolves stay up. Absolutely, right. right. Let's go. Wolves against Bournemouth, Saturday, three o'clock. The return of Liam Keane, um, and I'll be there too. So let's have a look. First of all, um, look, this will be a game, and you, we said it before, and you said it as well in the newsletter, Liam. This is a game where Wolves cannot be complacent, and I think with a manager, with the squad, with the players that they've got, with the way that they're playing, I think that they will not be complacent. I, I'm, I truly believe that. Um, and I, and I think and I think they win the game. I really do. If they can get three wins on the spin and get further away from that relegation zone, absolutely superb. This is they need to hammer home their advantage now. Bournemouth have been a little bit better lately, Liam. They've improved a little bit, but if Wolves play to the standard that they have um, recently, I think they'll be absolutely fine as long as we don't get a, a, a gillet referee again. So, um, what do you think? How do you see the game going? There's a few selection decisions. I think. Um, are really difficult to say how he's going to play. Look, Nunes played on the left last time. Does Xiao Gomez go in? Do you play Neves, Nunes and Moutinho in a three? Does a lot depend on Daniel Pedence and his fitness? Obviously, he missed the game through a slight knock and I'm sure we'll probably get a bit update on that. But if he does come in, does he come in on the left-hand side? Where do you see it? I think it's going to be... It's going to be interesting how he does line up because, as you said, there's decisions to make and it feels like he, he he's trending, I know the last two games, trending into this direction of playing Nunes on the left, but it's also very much a sort of inside midfield kind of role. Um, I'm not yeah. 100% sure how I feel about it, but, you know, if Wolves are winning games, who cares? He seems to be playing a lot of midfielders, hence why, you know, they've, they've got so many in the squad and why Hodge stayed with the team, I suppose, as well. I think if I'm going to go through my 11, I'm going to have it as a, I think a an old school four four two. Okay. I think he goes Saren goal, Semedo yeah. right back, mm-hmm. uh, Dawson, Kilman, and then Bueno left back. Yeah. Yeah. I think he goes Matinho and Neves in midfield. Lamina obviously suspended. Mm-hmm. I think he plays Adama on the right. Okay. Nunes on the left. Mm-hmm. Sarabia and Cunha central. That's that that's that's what I think he goes for. Um, and obviously, there's a, there's there's scope to, okay, to move okay. that around. There, you know, Sarabia, yeah, is, no, he floats, he's, he comes comes deep, goes out wide. It's it's not a fixed number nine. He's sort of playing off Cunha in some mm-hmm. ways, but um, yeah, I think I think that's why he might may go down. What I would like to see, not anything necessarily against Sarabia, because I, I I quite like him as a player, but I think I think I could I would like to see even as a almost a trial in some ways. Jimenez or Acosta up there alongside yeah. Cunha uh, in that four four two, but be interesting to see if he goes down that route. So I th- I th- that's what I think he goes with. Um, mm-hmm. You look at the way Bournemouth line up, and they and they they're quite similar four four one one or four four two. They they are quite similar in the in, in the way they set up. So I think that the Wolves will be looking for find that those spaces in between the lines, finding the balls in behind, and that is where hopefully they'll do the damage against what is a you know, not the quickest back line, I think it's fair to say. So that for me I think is where is where the, the game's key. And if you can win win the game tactically, which Wolves did against Liverpool at home a couple of weeks ago, 
that's where you create the chances to, to win the game. So, and hopefully, Cooney gets his first goal in Wolves' colours. Yeah, um, I'll go slightly differently. I mean, I think maybe this will be this will be fitness dependent. I think you, I think you're right with the back four. I think that'll be the back four. I think Breno Breno comes into the side. Uh, I think it'll be Neves and Nunes more central, and I think Jean Moutinho will start. I'm going to go Sarabia on the right. Um, fluid situation, of course, but Sarabia on the right. Um, Cunha up top, and I'm going to say Daniel Pedence, if he's fit, will start on that left. Um, which again, you know, we saw Huang and, and Reinach Norrie playing that left hand side. Obviously, Huang's injured with that with the hamstring. I think if Pedence is fit, it was only a slight niggle that kept him out. I think it was a late call. I think he'll start on that left hand side, and and you've got Bueno a little bit more from that cover at left back, um, and then you've got options off the bench. I do think there's a chance that Diego Costa starts. I agree with you. I think he might start. Or he might start a big man, but. Um, that's the that's the formation that I think you might go four three three with Pedent starting on the left if he is fit. It's interesting that you can't really, in some ways, you can't second guess what Lobotini. Which is great. Do, which I think is which a good is thing. great. I do. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing. There's, there are certain patterns in terms of the way the midfield sets up and the way and how many midfielders start the game. That is, as I say, a pattern. It's it's starting to become fairly regular. But there are definitely positions and and tactical decisions. It's, it's difficult to, to predict what he's going to do. And then you see the game and you realise why those d- decisions have been made, more often than not, in a positive way. Liverpool being a perfect example for reasons I've gone into already. Mm-hmm. That, um, and then and then you've got a tactical advantage and then you go on to, to create the chances to win a game. And, and if Wolves do that again, they should be beating Bournemouth. Um, one thing that Lopetegui did say in the last press conference, said Bubakar Troyer is about two weeks away. So if, if, it's, if he's on... On pace for that, he'll be he'll be available for next week potentially, or, or in the mix for next week at Fulham. And probably this will came, come come a game too early. Would you say, Liam? Yeah, I think that's probably about right. You know, you've got to get enough time on the grass, haven't you, and get into a full training. So that feels I'm about. I'm just pleased right. I said his correct name. To be honest, I'm just pleased that you I, know, know, I, I, I know. got it right. First time for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we'll obviously follow up on that and uh, and hopefully get some some updated news on him ASAP. Uh, lovely. Right. Okay. Um, let's go on with. The predictions for the big game. It's Wolves against Bournemouth. Uh, I'll go first and we'll finish up with you, Mr. Liam Keane. I'm going to say, Wolverhampton Wanderers... Oh, I just I just changed my mind there. Do I check? No. Do I keep it to do I keep it to my initial one or, or what I changed it to? Uh, you keep your initial one, but you tell me what you changed it to out of interest anyway. Okay. I'm going to say it's Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Bournemouth 0. But I did change it to 3. came back to 2. So 2-0 two Wolves. Comfortable afternoon. I'm going to go slightly more, slightly more conservative. I think they win one 0 Wolves win one 0 I think it's a, it's. I think it's tight. I think it's difficult. It's a bit nervy at the end, but you get you get the three points. Is this we're talking about the football here, or or the misses? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you decide, mate. <laughs> Either or. One nil. Hey, look, two nil, one nil, two one, three. We don't care as long as we get three points, don't we? Like we said, we don't really care. About last week, as long as I got the three points, um, same again this week, isn't it? I'm, I'm just ashamed that Lamina's going to have to watch from the sidelines. People are asking, it's two bookings, you can't appeal it, he's going to be suspended. So, um, But I think you know, I think they'll get the job done, don't you? I'm looking forward to it. I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, just quickly on the Lamina thing, actually, before, yeah. while you've reminded me. Um, yeah. Wolves did speak to the PGML, PGMOL, yes. if I can say it, um, sort of informally. They, they've obviously got a communication there with Howard Webb now, who's the chief refereeing officer. So... Um, the, I mean, obviously, the reasons we're given it was a private conversation, but there's not much Wolves can do, as you say. So he is he is suspended, unfortunately. But um, 
hopefully there'll be less of these kind of I, I don't I, I, you can't really describe it as a mistake ironically you can describe it as just an illogical heavy handed silly decision because um, by the letter of the law it's not a mistake it's just ridiculous so um, yeah not much they can do but I think on the game regardless of Lamina not being available I think Wolves should be too strong to 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 not get the job done and also at home atmosphere similar to the one at Liverpool against Liverpool rather that plays a massive part if the fans are on song like they were then then Wolves will have got well I've got every chance of being fairly comfortable to get this win Absolutely. And Mario, if you're free and you haven't got a seat, come and sit with us next to the press box and Absolutely. we'll show our impartiality with you and we'll, 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 we'll get worn together when we'll score. How's that? I think um, he has to buy if we're going for a beverage um, because it's <laughs> you know the kind of, the kind of cash that, that you two are on uh, in comparison to wow. me. Wow. <laughs> I've got to get some sort of jab in there, haven't I? A little dick. You do, you do, you do. We'll get you to shade you do at London this, 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 uh, this season, mate, OK? We'll have a night out. Okay, look after you. Look after you. I can't believe I'm being invited. I'll look after you. Shade you, mate. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Leave your phones at the door, though. It's one of those parties. Oh, gotcha, right, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> From me, from Liam. Um, I said, I said, Liam, before the start of this podcast, that we need to keep it to how long? I the think podcast you said about an hour. Yeah, 91 minutes later. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. So we should talk about. Uh, from me, from Liam. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Saturday. Take care. Bye bye. The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back